Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another recap episode. So I want to go quickly through the last four weeks of episodes. I, I have fun going back through the last four weeks and trying to figure out, now, what did I say there? Or what is something meaningful that I'd want to reinforce in this recap episode? So thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huxton Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, MC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. These last four weeks, the first couple of episodes were what I call the allure of the dollar boxes. Rich and I had been wanting to do that for quite some time. Rich had some comments I had too. Why do you guys like that? Dollar box is just a description of a type of box that has a conglomerate group of cards in there. When you walk up, you don't know whether it's picked over. You don't know if the dealer is way overpricing their cards or, or there's some bargains in there. So we talked about how we roll up our sleeves, dig in there and try to see if that would be fun. What we find is that sometimes this show's dollar box is the next show's quarter box. And then you could go back through it again, and there may be things that are worth picking up there at a quarter that weren't worth picking up at a dollar. We're having fun with it and trying to explain why we have that fun in a peculiar way. 439A, the weekend episode was picking up from Hobby Hotline. The decisive judgments that have been made in this industry, I don't always agree with them, but having been in the hot seat of being the CEO, the founder of a hobby entity that had a lot of things going, sometimes you just can make the call. It's easy to criticize, but we don't always know all the facts. The tribute of 439B to Elgin Baylor, absolutely worthy, a Lakers legend. Many people, unfortunately, remember him based on the tail end of his career. Basically, in the beginning, he was it's just a stat machine. Skipping over the recap of 441 was our modern dinner convo, just selling the grail, selling a great grail card and how you emotionally and financially and strategically position that. So we'll see how that works out. Maybe we'll have a, a follow-up to see what happened there. 442 was on price fluctuations and what's happened in the last year. It's just been nothing short of amazing. The, the frequency of how instant something can turn and change and go up or down, but mostly up in the last year, it's unprecedented in my lifetime of collecting, which is about six decades now. So I've never seen anything like that. What it suggests, the main takeaway here is you can't just ask somebody what a comp is for a price. You have to know the date of the comp and probably the source of the comp. Not that this card sold for this much. Is it verifiable? Is it a legit sale? And then was it three years ago or was it three days ago? 443 was on subgrades. Uh, I think, again, that's something I'm proud of our team bringing that out and putting that in the forefront that uh, subgrades help people understand the final grade. It's certainly misunderstood. So I really wanted to address that. And hopefully you, you got some value out of that. Grading is here to stay. And uh, whether computers are doing it or experts are doing it or amateurs are doing it, when you're grading your own cards, clearly the, the report card aspect of going through the center corners, uh, edges and surfaces is a good way to think about it. 444 was the ethical dealer episode I did with uh, Joe Davis. It wasn't a follow-up from last year, but I'd, about the same time of year, I did an episode with Joe and we backed things around. And again, those have been popular uh, episodes, not with everybody, <laughs> but with a lot of people. Being ethical is important and uh, being in the industry for a long time as I've been, Joe has been, there, there's a lot of exposure. If you mess up, you're going to get found out in this industry. And Joe hasn't, I don't think, and I haven't, I don't think either. So 440, 444A was the six listener questions group. I'd already done a six listener question. Maybe six is a good number because it's two or three minutes a piece, fast moving, accumulating the questions. And I would like to get feedback from you. If you like that, if you like 
doing six questions at a time, rapid fire, or whether you'd have what mostly I do, which is a single topic episode when I'm doing episodes by myself with a guest, even though some of those can be titled and can be tight around a certain topic. 444B was the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame finalist that had come out. Again, these are just my opinion. I'm not a voter. But the takeaway from that is that if if you're savvy, if you're a collector or investor, you need to get ahead of Hall of Fame voting. You need to anticipate that. You need to get ahead of potential death. Bill Russell is not getting any any younger. Willie Mays. There's iconic guys in each sport who their life expectancy is not long. So they're already in the Hall. But anticipating Hall of Fame, anticipating potential death of older players, anticipating a championship, anticipating a Rookie of the Year or MVPs, other kinds of awards. That's the moral of that story. 445 was the dueling questions with Joe Davis. That was a separate episode, but we were able to just go back and forth. And I was surprised. I think I was asking him questions and then we were not serializing it so that we were following up. But he'd ask a question, and I'd ask a question about something completely different and vice versa. I'd actually saved up a couple questions for him. Each of the people I do dueling questions with, it comes out a little different because I have a different rapport with uh, the guests. Some of them I don't know very well at all, and others I've known for a long time. And so I can ask them a question that I really think will get an interesting response. And then vice versa. A 446 was going back to golf and how that's similar to resuming a sports card collect hobby when you've dropped off for a long time. And I think I mentioned in the episode that at, at one point, when I started out, I was playing golf and I quit for a long time. And then when I restarted, when I returned to golf, I returned as a lefty and actually a lot better lefty. I was more of a lefty when I was playing baseball. But I'm wondering, is that the same as that when you were a kid, you collected modern cards, and then when you came back 25 years later, you jumped into vintage or vice versa? I think that, that's interesting. But again, some of the people I've interviewed the ones that collected vintage back in the junk wax day are really smiling now. The ones that collected junk wax in the junk wax day, even some of those have done okay in this interim time. 447, every episode I've done or I've done with Rich about nationals has gotten good feedback. So I don't think it's a big surprise that the largest national, like I said, I, you can listen to the episode. I think the next national, hopefully in Chicago, will be the greatest national ever until the next one after that. 448 was the kids card product idea, which I tried to flesh it out a little bit more, not give vague details, but to give a little more explicit. I got some excellent feedback on that. So I'll probably do a follow-up that uh, talks about how some of you have had some ideas that, uh, that I, again, I'm just going to read them into the record or be able to do a podcast that hopefully these card companies, it's, it's crucial that we have uh, kids coming into the hobby and understanding it and not being taken advantage of, but enjoying on their level on a budget they can understand. So again, great feedback from some, and I'll weave that into some future episodes. 449 was the outtakes on pricing considerations. Again, that's fun on the Hobby Hotline. Highly recommend listening to that every Saturday. Uh, I like it. I'm responding on the fly. No prep at all. I'm getting questions that I haven't had, or so I think it's worth listening to on those, and just listen to the whole show, and you'll hear uh, a lot of chiming in. 449A was the another six listener questions. I, sometimes they come in groups. If there's a lot of commonality, I'll just do an episode about it. But if there are different topics, and it just seems when somebody's taking the time to to write in, you can contact me, Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. I, I want to try for the most part to do you the courtesy of addressing your question. 449B was an idea I had about how the way people collect can also be paralleled with 
the roles and perspectives of base basketball players versus GMs versus and coaches and owners that uh, there may be some similarities there. Have fun with it. If you like it, that's great. If you don't, that's okay. 450 was a tribute to Frank Nagy, the absolute Detroit and probably national legend that Frank Costella and I batted around from being up in the Detroit area back in the 70s for me and Frank being there too. And Frank Nagy, who's passed away, just had an amazing collection. 451, the magic years or dynasties with Rich and I just enjoy talking about those kind of things. But I just don't see that much of a magic year going on except in baseball, in basketball, hockey, football. There are more dynasties based on a dominant player that stays with the franchise. 452 was the dueling questions with Chris Harris, economist versus statistician. I think it was a stalemate. I'm not claiming I won, but I don't think I lost either. So we went back and forth with our somewhat scholarly questions. 453 was outtakes with Rocco Rosado, and again, just really have enjoyed that. I find out when I'm uh, checking into Sports Cards Live with Jeremy Lee. I do the podcast more so than the YouTube. But Rocco gets a shout out on most of them because he's there from the get-go. And again, he can't see, but he's very heightened senses of listening and sensing things. So he's proving that you can enjoy the hobby regardless of whether you can see, which is, again, Rocco, you're amazing. 454 was my pro bono consulting. Rich wanted to interview me about that. Rich has been curious. He's observed participated a little bit and had some awareness, but he wanted to unpack it in a way because it is happening in the hobby. I had another group contact me this past week and ask about a, a business venture and, and they said, well, how much do you charge? I said, well, I don't charge anything for the first hour and pro bono. You know, I just, you want to get my advice. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give it. 454A was the very tricky decision that PSA felt forced to make to restrict their submissions. And then what do you do? I can assure you in my mind, the last resort of a business owner is to uh, reduce your sales, <laughs> is to cut off sales. But in the situation with PSA, they had some reasons they felt like their market leadership would be able to sustain that. And I don't have a big problem with that. And I think the other companies we've already seen are reacting. 450 for B, I had a number of questions about market manipulation. And so rather than try to get into a chapter and verse of what cards I think have been manipulated during what period of time, because there's a time and price aspect to it, I, I'm really trying to draw attention to what you might look out for. Some cards or players might be easier than others. And I do want to clarify, because I mentioned that if it's complicated, that might be more or less manipulable. And I really think sometimes the complication can work for you, but sometimes it can work against you. If you're holding the bag of something that's complicated and the and manipulators have abandoned the position, then you could be holding the bag on something uh, bad. 455 were the Detroit tributes to Charlie Brooks and Tom Tushak and Ed Budnick, all good guys, good friends. All died too young, uh, although I think they weren't super young. Tom, I think, had a heart attack. Ed was probably 80. Charlie may have been in his 70s. So they weren't 40-somethings, but they died too young from my perspective because they were about uh, pretty close to my age. 456 was the uh, Gabriella Fettman interview where I'm asking her questions about her research topic, which is the psychology of collecting and nostalgia. That was fresh. It was uh, not a perspective that, that I usually get. 457 was the NASCAR episode with Val Mars. I like NASCAR. I've always liked NASCAR. I'm not into it as much as some people, but uh, we had season tickets for a long time. It's exciting to wear your earplugs and, <laughs> and watch the drivers go round and round. Val into it and uh, really enjoyed the time of that. Lastly, 458 was the, the modern conversation, the about budgeting, as I've reiterated. This is a hobby that takes a lot of time 
and can take a lot of money. And those are two things you might be short of and that your family also wants from you. They want you to be a good provider and to spend the money appropriately. Don't be fooled that just because this year, anything you bought went up in value for the most part. It won't always be that way. Be wise in your uh, purchases and be wise in your sales too. Budgeting is uh, not required, but it uh, might be helpful for you. So anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm enjoying the podcast and I enjoy getting your uh, questions and comments and feedback. So thanks again. See you tomorrow. The man